This episode of Ragcast Outdoors is brought to you by PK Lures, Bow Spider, and High Mountain Seasonings. Fish on! Hey, Radcast is on! Hunting, fishing, and everything in between. This is Radcast Outdoors. Here are David Merrill and Patrick Edwards. Hey everybody out there, hello and welcome to another episode of Radcast Outdoors. We are mobile in the field this time, it's pretty exciting. We're not in the studio, but I've got Patrick here with me. Hey everybody. In the background, you can probably hear the rain as it's falling here. It's a, it's Alaskan rain. Mm-hmm. It does that quite often here. <laughs> yeah, we're outside on the patio, it is raining, but we've had a really beautiful trip. It's been great, great weather so far. We've spent more time on the water than uh, in bed sleeping, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we slept a whole lot. Everybody's dragging. We're a little tired, but this is our Alaska fishing trip recap. Uh, we actually do have a guest with us. Um, they'll be coming on shortly, but I want to talk, just thank our sponsors real quick right off the bat. We uh, smoked a bunch of fish this trip. High Mountain Seasoning came in, you know, just perfect. We use some PK lures. We're going to come back up and do some more PK lure fishing for sure. We're right between the end of the reds and the start of the silvers and kings is closed. So it's been a little bit different of a year for sure than I'm used to because I like to go back mount some eggs and catch a big king. And then sometimes the silvers are a little early. So I think we're taking home five fish boxes between everybody. We've had a good trip. So Patrick, what other sponsors do we need to cover? Well, and then thanks again to Bo Spider. Sorry, I had a... Alaskan state bird flying in my face. <laughs> and uh, if you don't know what that is, go look it up. We've, <laughs> there's a few of them, even in the rain. Yeah, they like to chew on you when you fillet fish, too. But yeah, thanks to Bow Spider. Thanks to all of our sponsors for helping make this show possible. And obviously, these great experiences that we're having. We've had a good time. We've got a lot of different kinds of fish. We'll talk about that. And we'll uh, also talk to our special guest about his experience up here with us. We took a few videos and pictures. So... If you want to kind of follow along in, in depth a little more, you know, we've, we've smoked some fish, cooked, baked some fish, so showed how to fillet some fish. So hop on our socials, follow us there. And if you like our podcast, subscribe, tell your friends, neighbors, share it out, please. Yeah. So welcome to the show, Hunter. How, how's your trip been? Well, it's been amazing to come back to Alaska after five years. Yeah. And, well... I kind of missed it a bit. Yeah, you were born up here, weren't you? Yep. So for those of you who don't know, Hunter is David's son, and he came up here on his first big boy trip with the guys. So what was your favorite part of the trip? I'd probably say just staying at the ocean. Yeah, you like the beach night? Yeah, it was a nice night. What did you catch? We all caught together three sharks. Yeah, sharks so, are pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I've never caught one up this way, so it was kind of cool. And you you reeled that big old shark in, and you mm-hmm. held him up for a picture. Yep. What was the best part about that? I just loved it. It was amazing to see a shark in Alaska. I mean, <laughs> nobody ever thinks there's going to be sharks in Alaska. Yep, that's true. So we were halibut fishing off the beach, had a nice fire, cooked some s'mores. Uh, beautiful background was reed out. Yeah, Cook Inlet. Turning an arm was right out there in front of us. The water was a little rough, so we did some surf rod fishing, trying to catch a halibut, but everybody got a shark. 
Do you remember the spine? Yeah. Where's that spine located on those fish? Front fin. Right, that, that yep. first fin on yep. the tail? I think that's called the pectoral fin. Yeah. They use it as like a weapon, don't they? Yeah, either kind of like a knife or poisonous stuff. They swing it at you, don't they? Yeah. They don't like being hooked, do they? <laughs> <laughs> Especially the one we first caught. Yeah, that one was really deep hooked. But yeah, they don't like being hooked very much. Of course, I wouldn't like being hooked either. So that wouldn't be too fun. But I do want to talk about one thing. I watched you winch in some really nice red salmon. What was that like? Well, they were really heavy. It was so fun. Yeah. Did they make your arms tired? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For everybody out there, there'll be a picture somewhere, but we we were fishing the Kenai. It's a pretty fast river, so we stuck him in a, a life jacket, and Dad had to hold on to the back of the life jacket and keep one hand on the rod so that him and the rod didn't go downstream in the river, huh? Yep. But you did it. You got him winched in. Yep. I caught four on the second day, two on the first. Yeah. That's a pretty good time. You definitely contributed to the fish haul, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. My limited in two days, but you guys all got your limited one. Yeah. That's good, though. It's all a team effort. It's a good meat haul, but you did really well fishing off that part of the river, and you caught some really nice red salmon. Most kids your age have never caught a salmon, let alone a red like that, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, not not many not many kids get to come to Alaska with their dads. Yep, so this is a special trip, isn't it? Very special trip. And you're one heck of a card shark. We were playing Uno Flip, and let me tell you, Hunter is quite the competitor at Uno Flip. Yep, I will <laughs> just keep playing and playing. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, though. Yep. So what are some things to think about for other kids uh, to bring if they're going to come up here and go fishing with their dads? Well, definitely wearing quite a few pairs of coats, pants, shirts, because you're going to get wet. (laughs) And you're going to smell fishy. Yeah. We all smell fishy after a few days of fishing, didn't we? Yeah. (laughs) Snacks are important, right? Yeah, a lot of snacks. Maybe a book or something to keep you entertained. Yeah, definitely have a carry-on because you're going to hate it just having a suitcase that you can't get to, your snacks and your books. Yeah, and for those of you who have never been to Alaska, there's a lot of car time involved as well. And so yeah. Hunt, Hunter was a champ. He did really well. A two flights, one two and a half hours, one five, and then two car drives, a three-hour car drive, and a five-hour car drive. Yep, and we get to do it all over again when we go home, don't we? All yep. over in reverse. Back again <laughs> we go. Would you want to stay longer if you get to come again? Yes, I would say I would want to stay longer. What would you want to fish for more if we stayed longer? We might go trolling for some stuff. You want to go trolling in the boat? Yeah, okay. and maybe go catch some more sockeye. You know, we're going to definitely catch more sockeye. So do you like the smoked sockeye better or the cooked, like, baked sockeye better? I'd say smoked. We had a, a competition with three different brine varieties in the smoker. So they were all in the same smoker, and there's a couple pictures of it. It's a pretty big smoker, and we filled it up, didn't we? Yep, big smoker. But by far, Patrick, what, what do you think is the unanimous vote on the best brine? High Mountain Gourmet Fish, hands down. We tried my dad's brine recipe. We tried mine. We tried the High Mountain Alaska brine. And while those three were, were more than edible, they were good. The uh, gourmet was head and shoulders above on the sockeye. 
Yeah, they were really, really good. And Hunter was putting a lot of it away, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> so for anybody out there listening, the best part of the fish to smoke by far is the belly, hands down. Make sure you get all the rib bones out of it because those rib bones are going to poke through your vacuum seal bag and then you're not going to have a vacuum sealed bag in the freezer and it's going to freezer burn. But mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit of knife work and don't get, if you're afraid... We'll grab what the, the worst thing you're going to do is mess it up a couple of times. It's not ruined. You just cut it in smaller pieces and eat it in smaller pieces. So Yeah, there were a couple of guys on the bank that were throwing away their fish bellies, and we asked them if we could have those. So we got some bonus fish bellies. We did. I, I'm uh, My brother uh, has said that you need to just cut the belly off and throw the fish away, and those guys were <laughs> cutting the belly off and throwing it away and keeping the fish. So Yeah, the fish bellies have the best flavor and the most oil, so that is by far the best part. That's really yummy, and I know Hunter was enjoying the smoked mm, fish. I was. There was a point in time there when we were packaging smoked fish that uh, I think we were eating more than we were packaging. Yeah, we were. <laughs> I, I would just sit by the box, and I'd just eat and eat and eat. Yeah, I think all of us were a little bit tired and hungry, too. That that contributed to the fact that we were plowing through it as it came off the smoker. So we have a really cool tradition. We take a picture of the uh, fishing crew every year. Yeah, it's been in various spots, but we call it Fish Wars up here, and it's fish or die, because if you don't want to fish, you could just die and go away. But we burned the midnight oil more than one night. Yep. For sure. We had some tired, hungry people, and when the fish is done smoking, it's time to package it, and that's just what you do, huh? Yep. At midnight, I think one of our rounds got done, and none of us wanted to get up to do it. <laughs> we've been we've been a little bit slow starting a couple mornings, but there's been a couple nights we went to bed late. But I appreciate you helping with the smoked fish salmon. When I was talking about the fish wars, is uh, we've got a picture every year down there, and you're in the very first picture from the yep. very first fish wars out of this cabin. Yep. And now you're in this year again. Yeah. So you're going to try and come go next year? Mm, yeah. I'll do it. He'll do it. (laughs) Well, it's been fun having you on the podcast, and I want to talk a little bit about just the entire trip. So getting here and getting a plan and going fishing, I think we we fished sockeyes, what, four days? About four days out of of the trip, and then we had a couple of ocean days. So the ocean days were definitely, this is the first year we've had the ocean boat, so it was uh, just the shakedown, figuring it out. It's not a big boat. It's a it's a flat water ocean boat for sure, but it's a 1970s Boston whaler with a 90 Merc on the back. So it's 17 foot and it'll handle choppy seas, but not rough seas. Patrick's got another Alaska State bird just, just get right him. in my face. <laughs> but no, I mean, planning a trip out is difficult in, in any way because like with our boat, we really are weather dependent. If you're going to say, okay, I'm going for five days, I'm doing these two days sockeye, this one day king, and these two day halibut, the way we do it, we kind of got to flip that around and just watch the weather. And it's like, oh, today's a good day. We're going halibut fishing. And the one day we went to Seward, we got completely blown off the water. And last night it was just rough enough. Uh, we could have, we could have fished, but loading the boat in the surf is a little tough. So we opted to, uh, do the beach fishing instead and we all got sharks and it was fun so being flexible on your trip in Alaska weather is going to impact your trip some way or another at some point in time yeah we took the boat to Seward and the waves were just brutal out there it was predicted to be lower winds than what actually happened and when we got there I was like oh boy this is gonna be interesting and 
It was it was a little rough out there. And then we went to Homer one day. And we got to do some fishing in Homer. Yep. Yeah, we got to do some fishing. We couldn't find the halibut, but we found some of these crazy looking rock fish and Cabazon. caught a few of those. Yep. And then uh yeah, then last night, you know, we were trying to go but just didn't work out because it was too rough and we made the most of it and caught some fish with surf rods. I will say we went over to uh China Put Bay across from Homer and you know the views in Seward are good the views in Homer are good even the views you know read out cook inlet are good but for you get over closer there in those bays and they are iconic amazing so it's a really pretty area if you're planning a trip and you know want some intel insight halibut probably set up your charter day and then you can definitely bank fish reds that's very feasible to DIY Kings, I would say, if and when it's open, start with a uh, a guided charter just because they're a little more uh, finicky fish. When the sockeye are in the river, you can catch them from the mouth all the way up to the Russian and anywhere in between. You, you find a stretch of water and get out there and get a good drift. You'll find some reds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, like you said, too, I mean, if you want to come later and come in August, you got the cohos that you can fish for, too. And they like to hit lures, so if you'd like to throw lures, that's the fish to fish for with lures. Probably my favorite is sight casting smaller streams. We got one evening of that but I want to do some more of that for sure. But we put several limits in the freezer, and we already smoked a good third of it, and we're taking home, each of us has taken home quite quite a few smoked fish, and I really do like that smoked fish. We've talked about this recipe on the uh, podcast before, but obviously the uh, gourmet fish brine, you just follow along on the instructions. You need to uh, brine it for 12 to 24 hours. Another thing I learned is definitely either lay your fish out in the breeze sun for about an hour so it can develop a tacky surface, or we put a box fan on it in the smoker and let it sit there. No smoke, no temperature, just air circulation until it tacked up. And what's that called again, Patrick? It's called a pellicle. And what you want to do is you want it to get sticky so that the smoke, when it starts rolling, will stick to your fish. And then you get a smokier flavor, better flavor, and it kind of seals in all the moisture. It's really good. Oh, it's it's actually, I think, makes a... A huge difference. And you said Jim Zumbo asked you about that, right? Yep. Yeah. Jim was talking to me about that and I hadn't really thought of that. You know, sometimes I'd let it sit for a while, but I didn't really know what the methodology was behind it. And he explained it to me and I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. And it works, man. It it definitely makes a big difference on a smoked fish. So, I mean, you could take the same fish, the same filet, the other half, and you not air dry one for an hour or two till it develops that surface versus just putting it right in the smoker and it's substantially different and yeah it just locks in that flavor a lot better you get a lot better smoke so you should definitely do that i mean it's not too bad and one of the things we did on the smoking side too is you know we made sure that our fish was of uniform thickness as much as possible so that when we we're smoking it we didn't have like certain pieces that were going to take way longer than others so that's another tip is make sure your fish is uniformly even so that it isn't you don't have a bunch of thick pieces that you got to wait extra long for i actually like dad's uh, method of we fillet the fish normally and then cut the tail off. And then basically the fish has the rib section and then the body section. The body section is four times thicker than that belly. After you cut the tail off, cut that fish horizontal. Yeah, so from the anal vent back is the tail section. So you cut that off and that's yep. just like a triangular piece. Then below the pin bones about an inch, you cut the belly right there 
all the way across the full length of the fish so that you have a full belly piece. And then that back piece, that really thick piece you can use for baking or whatever other kind of meal you're going to do. We cut it in half and then... So you basically each filet end up with four pieces, two go in the smoker, two go in the freezer. And so we're pretty much smoking as far as surface area, 50% of the fish goes in the smoker, 50 in the freezer. And the other thing about smoking fish is the more surface area that you have open to the smoke, the better. And so when you chunk it up like that, it works out really well. So takeaways, if you're planning a trip to come to Alaska, there's a ton of information out there. But I would say focus on this day we're doing this. This day we're doing that. Be flexible. But to say that you want to fish you know, the Alaska Peninsula, the Kenai Peninsula, southeast, and a couple of the, the like the Copper River, you're, you're not going to make it to those five places in a week. You got, you got a couple day travel to each one. It's a big state. Yeah, it's a big state, and by the time you flip for reds for a few hours, you're going to be tired, you're going to be sore. It gets a little wild down there with people shoulder to shoulder, and then you're doing the same motion basically over and over again. On the same side of the river, so you can't switch and face the other. You just can't. You, no. know? you have to go the whole other side of the river if you want to. If, you, if you're a lefty, go go to the uh, south side. If you're a righty, go to the north side. Yeah, and I mean, it was interesting watching different people. That's another fun part of the trip is seeing human behavior on the river just because people are different and everybody reacts differently and you get to meet people from all over. We met some guys from Illinois and a bunch of different places and so that's part of the fun of it too is you get to meet people. And we got to meet and talk and hang out and help net each other's fish and nobody got hooked too bad while we were down there but uh one of the things i will say is when you've got a foul hook salmon running the other way with a three-quarter ounce weight if that thing comes undone that weight and hook are coming back at you so i'm pretty particular about keeping my sunglasses on (laughs) i watched a guy lose an eyeball down there so after that i was a believer in keeping your eyes shielded and not looking at somebody that's got to run away it's hard when somebody's got to you know yells fish on you all want to look and when it starts that first 30 seconds as if it's foul hooked and it's just running straight away it runs out 20 30 feet they're trying to stop it and bing Mm -hmm. so yeah it can get pretty wild i got hit with a couple of things on the river and also, people above you, sometimes they'll drift and they'll pull their hook and it'll end up in your waders and your leg. It's not real fun. I actually got Patrick with my weight. I didn't get him with my hook, but he was fishing <laughs> below me and I, I got him with my weight. And I didn't even know it till later. Yeah, it was just a snag and it popped loose and the weight got me. But I, again, I had the glasses on and it actually hit right on the glasses. So it worked out and didn't, didn't get me. But I've seen a few people like David said get hooked and it's just not. Not a pleasant experience, that's for sure. Well, some years the water level where we fish is ankle deep, or you can almost just barely be standing on the edge of the water, but you're down on the high, under the high water mark. Some years, like this year, it was just wader deep, and they've come in in places and armored the bank, and legally to fish, you either have to be on a platform or down in the water, and that is to protect that crucial bank habitat for the smolts that are kind of hiding in that grass trying to grow up. So it's, it is important to not be damaging the ecosystem. It was certainly a lot different than the water levels I had eight years ago when I came up here. I mean, it was much higher, faster. They've had a lot more precipitation, I guess. And again, today we're getting even more of it, but it's been a lot of water. And so you have to plan for that too. You may have hip boots, you may have waders, but like Hunter, where did you get to fish from on the river? Well, I had a rock in front of the stairs mm-hmm. and I was fishing off of that. We caught maybe 10 fish. 
Yeah, you did you did really well fishing off of that rock and fishing that spot. Those fish were coming right through there and funneling, and you were hooking them as they would come by, huh? Yeah, it was quite the experience. <laughs> so as far as rods, do you like the spinning or the bait casting reel better, or the fly reel? Because you got to fish with all three this trip. Yeah, I did. I don't know. I mean, I like them all, but my favorite is probably bait caster. Bait caster, you got got a little more drag and you can winch them in faster, a little easier. Yeah. He caught so many fish on his bait casting rod that uh, the drag system gave out. Yeah, it it just like stopped. (laughs) The drag stopped. The real free spools both directions now. (laughs) You got to keep your thumb on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those fish are brutal on drag systems. Equipment all the way around. I've seen lots of rods broke. You know that you get a snag and you go to pop it up and that weight nine times out of ten hits the rod somewhere. And if it hits the rod just hard enough, just right enough, it micro cracks it. And then the next fish you go to set up, just snap that rod. The other thing I will say, I've seen it happen a hundred times is on these, on these fish, when you get the drag set so that you're not letting the fish run and getting the person in front of you and the water's swift enough. If you grab that rod above the cork handle, you're going to break it nine out of ten times. I've seen a lot of people, you know, they'll they'll get the fish almost all the way in and they're trying to self-net it. So they'll grab the rod higher to get a better angle and then they will uh, just pink. They, they usually get the fish because the fish is tired by then. Well... My trip in Alaska was amazing. I mean, it was just so fun and cool. The sights, the sounds, the smells. Yeah. The fish, the moose. Everything. We oh, definitely. Yeah. The moose. Tell, tell them about the moose. Yeah, so in the backyard. Well, the very first well, day we pulled in. Yes. And we saw a moose with what? One calf. Yeah, one calf. And then yesterday, I think it was. Yeah, yesterday, we saw a cow moose from 20 feet away. Go right here behind the porch in the back deck, right? Yep. We were out working up fish, and everybody said, oh, there's a moose right there. And it walked right by, didn't it? Yeah, like right by. Was it big? It was big, big. like <laughs> Bigger than your horse, huh? Yeah, and my horse is big. He is. Yeah, those moose are really tall, aren't they? Too tall. But what do we not do with the fluffy cows? Don't pet them. Don't pet them. And we stay away from those moose and bison and other things that can kill you, right? Yeah, some tourists in Wyoming, they pet the fluffy cows. And and they pay the consequence, don't they? Yeah. Well, I'll let you know these these mama moose with their calves are worse than the fluffy cows. They uh, if you if you're hiking through the woods and you get between the calf and mom, she's she's coming at you. Yeah. yeah I think it's still the correct st- statistic, but it used to be that more people got attacked and killed by moose in Alaska than by bears. Bears, you got to go quite a ways up any of these streams and get kind of away from human inhabitation and fishing pressure, and then the bears will start being a little bit aggressive. Obviously, if you leave fish out, you might have a bear problem, but you can be walking out of the, a house or a restaurant or a supermarket in Anchorage or in any other town and have a moose eating on the flower beds year-round, and it just decided that it don't like you. And there's a famous picture somewhere, and there's a grizzly bear kind of cowering on the ground. It's an action shot, and a moose is reared up with both front hooves in the air coming down, and you can just see the grimace on the bear's face and just kind of, as it's scrunching up, bracing for impact. I don't know how many pound hoof, but it's several inch diameter, and they bring that down from 10 feet, and it's going to hurt. You hear that rain? I hear that rain. That's making water for more fish. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're about ready to get out of here. 
but we have time to make one stop on the river. I think we have a few people that have to catch one more sockeye before they leave Alaska. Yeah. Are you one of those people? Probably, yes. Winch one more end? Yeah. Until the next time? Until the next time. Well, guys, thanks for pulling along and supporting the podcast. Hunter, thank you for coming up here and being such a great sport and dealing with the travel and the long waits and the long hours on the river and the late nights. You've been a willing participant and a great help getting fish in and out of the freezer. And it's been a lot of fun to play Uno with you, too. (laughs) All right, guys. Yeah, I I think this has been a good trip. Hopefully we can get home safe with all of our fish and get to go enjoy it with our families. That'll be awesome. So if if you're out there, go, like I said, go follow along. Check out the uh, couple little social media videos we made, some pictures. Patrick and I are definitely open to answer some questions if you're questioning wanting to do a, a trip like this and some do's and don'ts and you know there's so many variety when i was a kid my dad did the good news and they floated that for seven eight days i wouldn't be taking hunter at, at this age he's he's younger that's more of a teenage or adult trip because you've got to get up every day tear your tent down stow your stuff and there's there's no infrastructure to get dry clothes when somebody goes in the in the drink, right? But there's so many variety of trips. I mean, we could talk for hours just she fish, halibut, the salmon species, all the smaller dar, dolly varden, arctic char, grayling. I mean, there's northerns, there's a lot of a lot of species to target. Halibut is uh, one that we we put some time into and we didn't didn't quite get it figured out, but I wouldn't say, hey, I'm going to do all of Alaska in one week and I'm going to get to experience it. I would would focus on one or two species in one or two places. Yep. And thanks again to our sponsors again for helping make all this stuff possible. You know, we couldn't do it without PK Lures, High Mountain Seasonings, and Bow Spider. So this has been a really fun trip. And hopefully we can do it again. All right, guys. What What do you think, Hunter? Are we signing off? Go catch one more fish? Oh, yeah. Ready for it? More fish. Let's do it. Fish wars. All right, we're going to head out and go do some fishing. Thanks again for listening to the Radcast Outdoors podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed the show. If so, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast and subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating, which really helps other people find the show. You can find all of our shows, recipes, giveaways, videos, and much more at radcastoutdoors.com. While you're there, please help support the show by purchasing a Radcast Outdoors shirt or hat. Please don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a Radcast community on Facebook called Radcast Nation, and we'd love for you to join in the conversation there. And of course, please help support our sponsors who make this show possible. Thank you again to PK Lures, bow spider, and high mountain seasonings. Until next time, get out there and enjoy the outdoors.